Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is episode number 261261. And I want to say hello, sass bastards. But I also have to say hello, new sass bastards. Well, because there's a whole lot of people that I started noticing. There's a lot of, I was starting to get a lot of downloads from iTunes. When I get downloads from iTunes anyway, but it was like a, a big blast of people, like this big gigantic spike, you know, of people coming from iTunes. So I just want to say hello to my new sass bastards because I noticed that they were listening to the latest episode, uh, 260. And also going back and listening to some of the old episodes and apparently they, they've, they've stuck around. So I want to say hello to you guys. Now, to my long term sass bastards, I don't have to explain this to you, but every once in a while when there's a new uh, blast of people that come along to join the club. I kind of have to explain what this podcast is <clears throat> and who I am. Uh, my name is S. Anthony Thomas. I am a comedian. I am 48 years old. I've been doing this podcast for three and a half years or so. And basically what this show is, is it's it's a hybrid type of podcast. I I tell what I like to believe are funny stories. Unfortunately, I have people that, that enjoy them. Sometimes I talk about pop culture. And sometimes I talk about serious things, but it's always something a little bit different. I don't do one specific thing in this podcast. So, you know, if I was a music, if I was a musical act that had basically this podcast would be my album and you'd turn, you'd open up the album. You notice it'd be two country songs, two rap songs, two hip hop songs, two R&B songs, two classical songs, because I like to do a little bit of everything. And that's what this is, you know. And uh, before, you know what I want to, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about, because I was, I was planning on talking about something else. But on Saturday, while I was put, I was doing some work and doing some other things and, and plotting out future podcasts, I listened to this little thing called S-Town. Maybe you heard of it. I don't know. <laughs> the number one podcast on the planet right now. And I listened to it on Saturday. I just listened to the whole daggone thing on Saturday while I was doing something else. So it was about seven hours or so. Uh, a little less than that. And and don't worry, there won't be any spoiler alerts here. I don't, I don't do spoiler alerts. And I would recommend that after you finish listening to my podcast, you go and check out uh, S-Town. And it was basically the story centering around the John B. McLemore, a uh, man in a small town with a very, very interesting life. And the podcast delves into his life and, and what, what's going on with him. And one of the things that one of the problems he has with his town is um, he's a very smart guy and he cares about a lot of things and he likes to help people. And quite frankly, if you when you when you hear about this guy, you're, you're thinking, dude, just get out of there. But he's compelled to stay there because, you know, from for many, many reasons. And I realize, you know, when you when I think about that, there's a lot of S towns around the world. There's a lot of S towns. People always think of, quote, shit towns, unquote. You think about those kind of places and they always think about, you know, they're always you're always thinking about it's a small town and some southern state. And we have all of these stereotypes about people from down south and, you know, what they are and their level of intelligence and all that kind of thing. And the reasons that some of a lot of people's lives don't go the way they're supposed to. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, if you really think about it, like I said, there's S towns everywhere. Right. When you think about the stereotypes of a small town. Some place you're thinking in terms of, well, he doesn't know anything and he's not that smart and he doesn't do this. And if you really think about it, we all there's, there's a lot of places where people that surround you drag you down. You know, you got a guy working at a working on pickup trucks and he just goes, I, well, I'm supposed to be doing something else. I went to school for something else. And then I turns out I work in this pickup truck and I wanted to work here. Got to support my family. I don't have time to go up there and do all that other stuff. And, you know, but I, can, I need to make this money now. I don't have time to start the business over there. And I don't have time for this. You know, my grandma needs this. My mom needs that. And my, my wife needs this. My kids need this and all of that. You know, and I know, I know, I know how to do this specific thing that could probably potentially turn my life around. But it's going to revolve. I, I ain't got time for that. That's for other folk. And there's a stereotype we have. But how is that any different than if you think about it in a northeast city or even a city out west where you have people that 
are really special and they really have a lot of talent and a lot of potential. They want to do big things, but they won't leave where they are because they feel beholden to people that are around them. Sometimes it's because the people that are around them don't want to do anything or they don't want any more in their life or they're not capable of things and you feel the need. You got to protect them and save them and save them and all of that. Maybe they have a drug problem and you've been trying to save them. You spent 10, 12 years of your life trying to help this person figure it out, but they just can't figure it out. And they keep getting you in trouble and you get arrested trying to save them or you go on a hockey, got to sell your car to get them out of this trouble. And all of a sudden you lose your job and it just keeps going. I know friends that live in S towns, other places. They're not down south. They're in other states. You know, I know people that used to have to had to have their kids sleep in the bathtub. And I thought that was bullcrap when I saw it on uh, TV. I mean, not I didn't think what people think it's bullcrap when you see it on TV. But I know people like that. No, we got to sleep in the back of the house because bullets might come through the front. See, the back of the house has an alley. You know, nobody's ever back there. But the front of the house, they get into these fights and they start shooting at each other. And a bullet came through one time. And my cousin was sitting in that chair about five minutes earlier. And if he was still sitting in that chair, the bullet would have hit him right in the chest. And then you live someplace like that, and I know what it's like. You don't even want to go to the store at night and as a dude. And you don't want your beautiful wife going to the store at night because, you, you let's just say, you know why. And now you got a beautiful daughter, and she's 15, and she's starting to look just like your beautiful wife. And you know damn well you don't want to send her to the store. You got a son, he's, been, he's doing good at school. He's working at this place. Working at a fast food place. Maybe he's working at a McDonald's. He saved his money. He got these new shoes and he go, don't buy those shoes. Why? Because you know what's going to happen if he walks outside with a pair of $160 shoes. Odds are he won't come back with those shoes or he might not even come back. Right? You got to put bars on your window. You want to get a big screen TV, but you know you can't bring a big screen TV in. You know you can't bring that big stereo system in. You know if you want to buy a computer and, and, and use that for the family, you got to sneak that crap in. You know that you can't put the box out front. You want to buy an a car, not an expensive car, but a little bit, a little bit extra. Put a little extra into the car. Give yourself a treat because you worked hard. You want to put that car out front. You want to, yeah, I want to, I want to get this great car and it's going to be great. But you know if you put that car out front, what's going to happen? That car is going to make you a target. Bringing that stuff into your house is going to make your house a target. Your kids, your beautiful daughter and your son who, who's, 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 who's worked and put some nice money into his clothes because he worked hard for it, they're now targets. And all of a sudden you get used to not wanting to get things because things will draw negative attention to yourself. You get beaten up in class because you raised your hand because you knew an answer that nobody else in the class knew. Or you think you're smart and you get your ass whooped. S-Towns aren't just down south, my friend. They're not just places down south. So when I listened to that podcast, I could relate to it. And you would think that how in the world do you, who grew up in a city kid, can relate to John B. McLemore from a small town? How can you relate to that guy? How? Well, he's really, really smart. People said that so was I. And they're right. He's a white guy with red hair. Okay, we do not have that in common. <laughs> but S-Towns are all over the place, man. And one of the funniest things, one of the funniest things that I've noticed, I shouldn't say funny, but one of the most interesting things I noticed is it doesn't even have to be an S-Town. It could be just anything. It could be your personal S-Town. Right? It doesn't have to be an S-Town. It could be an S-Neighborhood. It could be an S-House. You can have an S-Family. You can have an S-Problem that drags you down. Right? Let's just take neighborhoods out of the way. Maybe you got a family and you aspire to something greater. And they're always just telling you how dumb it is. How stupid it is. Come on, man. Don't do that. That's a waste of time. Get a job at the post office. Get a job in an office. Get a job at the factory like us. Get a job here. And these are all noble pursuits. But if you have your eye on something else, if there's something you want to do, you see something in you where you see this special thing you want to try to do that's over and above different than everybody else. And you really think you you can succeed at it, but everybody around you tells you it's stupid and that it sucks and that you're crazy. Maybe it's your spouse telling you it's stupid or that it sucks or that it's crazy. Maybe it's your friends. 
Maybe it's just the thoughts in your head. Maybe you don't think much about yourself. Maybe S-Town is in your head and no place else. It's the things that are dragging you down, even if you have something special about you that you should be using to make your life better. My S-Town was body fat. That's what it was, and I'm in the process of getting rid of it. And I'm sitting there listening to this podcast and I'm listening to the things that are going on. And even though I don't have problems on the scale of the people that are on this podcast, I can relate to them in my own way. And that's why I think this thing resonates with so many people. You know, there's something around you. You know, there's something special about you and you know, you should be doing more. You know, you should be getting away from certain things and you have decided not to do it. And you don't know why. You realize you love that thing that you need to get away from and you hate it, but you love it. And it's dragging you down. It's dragging you down. With some people, it's alcohol. With some people, it's family. And with me, on my case, it was the body fat. I was in shape and then I got heavy. And then I started to feel bad about myself. Oh, she won't want me. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put myself on camera. I don't want to go on that show. Look at me. This is horrible. I don't like it. And then you'd have ladies that actually just liked you anyway, no matter what. They don't give a crap that you're a big tub of crap like I was. They don't give a crap like that. They still like you and they still think you're cute and everything. But in your mind, no. You start rejecting people before they even get an opportunity to pursue you. You start rejecting opportunities before you get an opportunity to take advantage of them. And what's the thing holding you back? You feel bad because you got the body fat on you. You don't think you deserve that particular person. You don't want to be on camera. You don't want to be seen like that. You don't want to go out there and be in front of people because they made fun of you when you were younger. Remember when you were younger and you were heavy and everybody made fun of you and the girls didn't like you? Remember that? And that sticks with you. It's subconscious. It's sitting there. And you realize you're carrying this town with you. It's not a place you can get away from. You, you can't get in the car. You can't be like John B. And you can't just get in the truck and drive away from it. You know, you can't. He had the opportunity to do that. You can't do that because you're carrying your personal this town around with you. You can move out of a neighborhood. But if you're carrying an S town around with you, where do you go? <laughs> it's a situation where you can't leave S town. You have to make S town, your personal S town, leave you. So when I was listening to that podcast, that's what was going through my mind. I can relate. You, this guy, I think he should have just left that town instead of staying there. And I wish that earlier on in my life, I had realized that I was carrying around my S-Town. So no matter where I went, there was always an S-Town attached to me, dragging me down. But I'm in the process now of methodically removing the S-Town from me. And when we're talking about real places, uh, my home state is Pennsylvania, and it's one of those states where, you know, if you win Pennsylvania and you win Ohio, you'll win the White House because those states, the way they're constructed, are constructed just like the United States is. There's an East Coast, there's a West Coast, and there's a Middle Pennsylvania. And Middle Pennsylvania is very, very similar to Middle America. It's like Ohio, east, west, and then there's a chunk in the middle that's very similar to middle America. And when you see people win the White House, like the current president, then you already know they're going to get the stuff in the middle. I mean, that's that's a given. But then there's the stuff on the east and west coasts that you got to get to. And you see this, <laughs> you see this around the country now. People look at the people in what they consider to be S-Town, and instead of treating them like human beings and treating them like what, like I said, like human beings like they are, treating them with the respect that they deserve and not just assuming they're idiots because they're different, not just assuming they're stupid, they don't know anything. Get to know them a little bit. Try to find out what they're thinking and why they vote the way they do and why they they, they like the things they like. I mean, you might like them too. Who knows? You may learn something. You may teach them something. You never know. 
very, very similar to my personal last town. You know, there were people that rejected me because I didn't look a certain way. Right. And then they would describe the kind of people they would like to be around. And they didn't realize they were describing me. They just saw the, the big fat guy. They just saw that and didn't realize this is somebody I could be somebody that they could have a good friendship with or a romantic relationship. But they just couldn't see past my personal last town. When I listen to the podcast, I realize these are people that I have nothing in common with if you look at us on paper. But they want to get up and they want to take care of their families. So do I. They want to go to work and be productive and, and accomplish things. So do I. So when you think about it, in the grand scheme of things, how different are we actually? Right? How different are we? Now, one of the things I noticed when I was listening to the podcast was something that all I used to see all the time. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, the N-word this and the N-word that and the F-word for gay people and all that kind of stuff. You see that all the time. You see that around. You'd be surprised at how prevalent that stuff is. And there's somebody that travels around a lot as a comic. And we'll begin to do it again with my when I finish writing my next show. I've been places very similar to the ones described into that uh, in that in that podcast, and it's really uncomfortable. It just shows you how much we don't know about each other, or how much we decide we don't want to know about each other, or how much we know about each other that's inaccurate. I remember going into places, and I would I remember walking into a place when I was going to do a show in a city, in a specific city that I shall not I shall not name. And I go into this place to get something to eat. And I was going to go to a fast food place, but some said, nah, man, go someplace. You know, you're on, you're doing this by yourself. You're out here by yourself. Go someplace that, you know, you could actually be around some real people. And you're not somebody who's going to run and grab some and make this or make that and run out. So I want to go to this diner. I figured it'd be kind of nice to go into this diner, this old school diner, sit at the counter or whatever. And, you know, maybe even talk to some people to my left or to my right. Maybe talk to the waitress or whoever's behind the counter. Have a nice little conversation, nice little interaction with everybody. It'd be kind of cool. I like talking to people. I'm a people person. I'm a comedian. Ha <laughs> So I walk in and it becomes very, very apparent that I am very, very rare in this particular location. People like me probably don't go into this place that often. There's no sign out front that says don't come in there because they can't by law. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people have to be nice to you when you get in there, does it? No. So you go in there and everybody's kind of looking at you. They're not staring at you, but they're looking at you. You know, the kind of way that a person would look at you if there was a bunch of dudes in the place and a really attractive woman with huge breasts and a delicious buttocks walked into a place and everybody's trying to not look at her, but they cannot help looking at her. Well, that would be them looking in a positive way, but they ain't looking at me in a positive way. And I'm not getting a positive feedback from the people who are taking my order. <coughs> and I'm not getting positive feedback by the people that are cooking. And quite frankly, I'm not really that happy with the fact that I can't see the food being cooked because I'm sensing a little hostility from everybody. And I'm standing there getting more and more uncomfortable and I'm realizing I'm pretty sure that they probably could put a There's probably somebody in the back marking a counter to saying this is the day a black dude walked in here. <laughs> and I get my food. And I'm walking out. And I don't think there's any poison in my food, but I'm about 50% sure there's at least some saliva in here. And I walk out the door and I go back to my car. And as I get in my car, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know these people and they don't know me. Am I being wrong? Am I just assuming that they're looking at me and not being as polite as they could be because I'm a black person? Is that what's going on here? Or are they just a bunch of people that are just rude in general? I don't know. I'm now drawing, you know, uh, conclusions about who they are with a little bit of information, you know? I mean, I, I've been places where I've walked in where people looked at me because they were curious because I was the only I was one of the few black people coming in there and they weren't hostile towards me at all. It would be the same way if in my old neighborhood, when, when white people started to move into the neighborhood, 
I would see a white person walking around the neighborhood and I didn't even, I, I was used to not seeing them. The white people that came through the neighborhood were either they were police officers, insurance people, fire people, someone coming to sell something, but they weren't around that often. And this is a white couple walking around in this supermarket where I'm guaranteeing you, if you took, and if you walked around and swabbed the whole place from top to bottom, these would probably be the only white people that actually walked into this place in years, if at all. And everybody's kind of looking at him. We don't want to do anything to him. We're just curious. Hey, there's a white guy here. And I was thinking, well, maybe that's what they were doing back there. Hey, we don't get a lot of black people here. That's interesting. I w- it could have been that. Maybe I'm wrong in this case. Or maybe I'm not. But I'll be honest with you. I drove a couple of miles down the road and went to McDonald's and took that shit that I bought at that place and dumped it into the dumpster. I know, I know that's wrong. I know I felt bad because I was judging those people, but I just, I didn't know. It's what happens to everybody. We don't really know each other that well. We just make little conclusions about each other based off of little bits of information. And that's what the problem is. Had they been more welcoming to people that come in there, I would have walked in and never, nobody paid attention to me and the wait staff was nice to me and people weren't so curt to me and all that kind of stuff. I would have just had the hamburger and it would have been cool. You might, I might have gone, hey, you, there's a good place over at the Johnson Street when I went there. Really? And then other people could have gone there. Or maybe I was right. Maybe I was right. Maybe they were looking at me like, what is that N-word doing in here, damn it? Get him his food and get out. Maybe they didn't spit in it. Maybe they just wanted to cook the food real quick and get me the hell out of there. They wanted the money. They just didn't want me to be in there. I don't know. But that's what happens when we draw conclusions about people. That's what happens when we draw, drag our S-towns around with us. And in this particular case, the S-town that we're dragging around with us is, you know, the wrong perceptions of who other people are because we don't have any information. So I could relate a lot to that podcast in really, really weird ways, in really, really interesting ways, because it made me think about a lot of things, um, the way that I still have little bits of perceptions of other people, but I have pretty much washed most of it away, but there's still a little bit of that there. And I know people see me and automatically think I'm one way because of the way I'm looking. I might be wearing a hoodie this day and they think this or they think that. That's their little last time that they're dragging around with them. So after I finished listening to it, I realized that it had impacted me in a pretty good way. It made me rethink some things. And I'm hoping that of the millions of people that listened to that podcast, maybe it made you rethink some things too. Maybe you realize you can't judge a book by its cover all the time. Sometimes the cover's a little torn up, but inside there's a fucking masterpiece. And if you open up the flap and read it, you realize, I don't care if the, if the cover's torn up a little bit. The stuff that's inside that book is something that's important to me, something that changed my life in a positive way, or at the very minimum, something cool. <laughs> it's amazing. Seven hours of wonderful storytelling. Seven hours of the interesting lives of people that under no, that I probably would have, that I'm absolutely sure I would have never known about and definitely would have never run across. And I'm actually a little bit different as a person after it was over. <laughs> That's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if you're a content creator of any kind, podcasting, music, comedy, any other kind of art, you know, even, you know, whatever it is. What else can you ask for than to thoroughly entertain the people that came across the content that you created? And then after they listened to it or heard it or experienced it in some way, they perceive an improvement in themselves based on the work that you created. So to the people of S-Town, meaning the people that created the podcast, the the team behind Serial and uh, This American Life, to the hosts, the producers, the people that even made that good good music that was in it. Nice work, my friends. Nice work. <laughs> Segment over.
All right, folks, let me ask you. This is something that happened to me recently. One of my neighbors goes to me, goes, S, um, how come I never see the mailman go to your door? He very rarely goes to your door. Every once in a while, you'll get a package, but I never see him dropping mail through your mailbox. And there's a reason I don't get mail dropped in my mailbox is because I don't like mail. I don't get much of it. I don't get my bills in the mail because I pay my bills online. And most of the people that I know, if they try to contact me, they either call me, text me or email me, which means I don't get a lot of paper coming into my house through the mailbox. And I'm glad about that, because how many times have you actually picked up a piece of mail that came to the mailbox and went, hey, this is great. I'm glad I got this. No, it's either a bill, which I pay online or some lame ass catalog for some crap that you don't want. And all of a sudden you got to recycle stuff. Well, if you look at my recycle can, there ain't nothing but water bottles in there and an occasional orange juice container. But that's about it, punks. I don't want mail. And I wonder what my aversion to mail was. Why do I hate mail so much? Was I treated badly by a mail carrier? No. In fact, my mail carrier is actually a very pleasant fellow. The person before that was a very pleasant young lady. I didn't see much of them because, as I just said, I don't get a lot of mail because I don't want it. Then I realized why I didn't get much mail and why I didn't want much mail is because I hate stuff that gets printed. And why do I hate stuff that gets printed? Because stuff that gets printed gets printed on printers. And why do I hate printers? Because I used to sell computer ribbons back in the 90s when I was in California, when I had moved from my hometown where I was known, well-known, respected, sought-after popular comedian and went to Los Angeles because I wanted to be a big star. And as you could tell, that crap didn't happen. <laughs> so I worked in a computer ribbon place and I've talked about other, I mean, I've worked in a bunch of computer ribbon places, some of the computer supplies and all of that crap. And I hated it. I get email from some of you asking me what my worst job was. And I told you what some of my jobs were. I worked in a factory. I dug ditches. I did day labor. I've done all of that kind of crap. And you're probably thinking, well, those are the worst jobs, right? What about that time you worked in a place that cleaned plates and you actually had to put on a hazmat suit to clean the place, the plates and stuff like that, because you were, it would be Oxygen was so bad in the building that you had to protect yourself from the air as you cleaned all these plates and dishes from different places. Wasn't that the worst place? Wasn't that the worst place? Yes. From a biohazard type uh, way, yes, it is. But it wasn't the worst place as far as how I felt while I was there and when I left. The worst places were the ribbons and toner cartridge places. Those were the worst places. Oh, no. Hated them. Every time I walked in there, there was always a manager. And every time I saw one of the managers, I just wanted to get in the running position, run at a full rate of speed, jump until I was horizontal and bounce my feet off of their chest, a.k.a. known as drop kick that bastard. That's what I wanted to do. But I never had an opportunity to do it. But damn, I wanted to drop kick those bastards because they were really, really awful bastards. You see, when you work in a place like that, Little boiler rooms where you try to sell ribbons and cartridges and toners of places. To be, it's a pain in the neck. You're calling people that just aren't interested in the product. You're calling these little small towns out of these used phone books with the pages ripped out. And you got to sit there. I remember one time we were working with a guy. He was one of the worst managers in the history of manager. In fact, if you actually looked up manager, there'd be a picture of him with a slash through it because the word manager didn't want to be associated with this bastard. That's how bad this bastard was at managing people. And this person was a real huge D-bag also. He was one of those guys that you know that he was only working in his place to because he wanted to take a breath, a break from all the meth he was taking. Okay, a piece of crap coming in the office and he's always being mean to everybody you know we're sitting on these rickety wooden chairs and these badly constructed cubicles dialing rotary phones and I, I don't know if you noticed this but they had push button phones in the 90s but we didn't have push button phones in this office we had rotary phones and ripped out news ripped out pieces of paper pages from phone books this bastard walking in the office and he's sitting there yelling at everybody bad enough that you could barely hear on anybody on these phones that he probably found in the trash can somewhere 
you got to dial these people and try to sound professional at the whole time. You got gloves on because you don't want to touch the phone and you damn sure don't want to touch the phone in your face because you don't know where this old ass phone came from. This bastard. Dialing people. Hi, you doing? Hi, I'm John, and I'm calling from Bullshit Ribbon Company with corny-ass products that we probably stole from somebody, and I was wondering if we could, uh, what kind of printers do you have in the office? Well, we, we have Epson, uh, Epson 3010s. Oh, you have Epson 3010s? Well, as a matter of fact, we have Epson 3010s, and we'd like to tell you right now that we could save you a lot of money. Well, I only have one printer in the office, and we don't really, we don't really print that much, you know, it's like... I don't even know why we print anything at all. Half the time when we print stuff, it's just the guy from across the office who says, can I, can I print up a couple things on your printer? And we only print up checks. And there's only four employees. I don't even know why he even prints up checks. I told him the other day, I said, you don't pay none of us that much. And why, you, you could literally go into the bank, pull out a couple of hundred dollars, and just give us our money that way. Then we you wouldn't have to print up any checks. And, you know, last time... I mean, like, the last cartridge that we put into the printer actually dried up because we don't print that much. And I was wondering, you know what's really weird about not printing up stuff that much? I remember I was telling my daughter the other day, she's a very nice girl. She, I told her, I said, I said, I said, she said, she says, Mom, how come you don't come home with checks? And I said, well, I would have come home with a check, but the printer's not working because the printer cartridge just dried up. And I told him to pay us in cash, and he said he would pay us in cash, but he wanted to have the paperwork so we could send it to the IRS because he didn't want to have any IRS problems. Because I knew a guy that worked in the IRS, and he was, a, he was a nice guy. Matter of fact, he was a really nice guy. He's probably happy because all his printers work because the IRS printers always work. Speaking of working, when I was 15, I worked at, wait a minute, ma'am i just wanted to know if you wanted to buy this bullshit ribbon oh we buy everything local but thank you click and every phone call is like that keep in mind you could barely hear what the person is saying because as i said you don't want to take these phones that were probably found in the trash can and touch your face to them because you don't want to get some kind of disease on the side of your face from the dirty ass phone the manager would walk behind you speak up if you're not going to touch the phone to your face, the least you can do is speak up. Uh -huh. The whole time you're looking at him going, I want to drop kick your punk ass. Piece of crap getting phone books. You look at the, the, the you look at the, the year on the phone book and the phone book is seven years old. So a lot of these places aren't even the places that you're actually calling. You'll call up and ask for a business name. And it's a guy who was re really just doing nothing but watching the football game and scratching his balls. Ain't no, this ain't no damn sports store. This is my house. Don't you call back here, click. Right? And either way, and here's the other thing. The jackass didn't even buy different phone books. Wherever he got these phone books from or bought them or stole them, a lot of people are actually calling exactly the same page. So as the guy hung up the phone and yelled at you for calling him, the person two people down is calling him right back. I was wondering, didn't you just call in? Didn't you Stop calling me about the goddamn rib. Click dumb bastard and that's what the days were like making phone calls to the wrong numbers in a rickety chair on a phone that smelled like somebody's ass that you didn't want to touch to your face so you bought some gloves so they wouldn't touch your hand and that's what the days were like and it made me hate printers and printer ribbons but i had to pay the rent so i had to work at this place god i hated that place and I hated this guy almost as much as I hated that place. Little guy, about five foot six, skinny guy, dressed like the, the dude from Wayne's World, you know, looking all stupid. And I'm talking about the, the Dana Carvey one from Wayne's World. Damn, it looked like that too. Except the guy in Wayne's World was much, much more attractive. Okay. And then this jackass in the middle of giving us bad leads and a bad phone and bad chairs. And he says, okay, everybody, we're now going to have a meeting. We're going to meet in the meeting room. We have to go to the meeting area. Talking about a meeting area. It was no damn meeting area. We're all sitting here in 12 chairs 
12 rickety chairs on 12 phones that look they got they got pulled out of a trash can with the same 12 phone books calling the same people who are all calling us the n-word not even realizing the two of us are mexican and the rest are white the dumb bastards using the wrong epithet but what the hell they don't they're just racist they ain't nobody said they were smart and then he says we gotta go meet in the meeting room and do you know what the meeting room actually was everybody would you like to know what the meeting room was it an actual meeting room no it was the same room we literally had to get out of our chairs walk four feet and then sit down in other chairs right next to the chairs we just got out of and how do we know this was actually the meeting room well there was a sign on the desk in front of us badly spelled misspelled meeting room i got news for you there's more ease in the word meeting than that's and then he goes all right it's time for the meeting we need you guys to get your sales up. We haven't got enough sales. We need to meet the sales. And if you're here, you're sales people. So you have to sell, 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 sell. Yeah, and we're sitting there going, we would sell, but we keep calling the same 14 people, you dumb bastard. Why don't you go someplace else and steal better phone books, you piece of crap. Anyway, there's no excuse when I was in your back in the day, when I was merely a salesperson, which was like six weeks ago, his piece of shit. The only reason he became the manager was he was the one that talked to the cops when the last manager OD'd on the floor. He just happened to be standing closer to the office when it happened. Other than that, somebody else would have been the manager. Well, that's not good into that. That's a different story. And I need to get the sales up. So, okay, I want you to get back on the phones and do what you got to do. There's another hour in the day. So get some up, get, get it going, get it going, get it going, get it going. We all go home calling this guy all sorts of douchebags and dickheads as we walk down the step to catch the bus the next day comes around we come back in the air and there's a board in the front of the on the front of the place with our names on it and the sales we were able to scrape up but this lame ass leads he gave us with this crippy crick cricket stupid freaking chairs and crappy desk and lame leads and he has our names on the board with a little bit of punk ass sales we were able to get but to the left of our names well, he went out of his way to make little little pictures to put next to our names to let us know how he felt about our sales for the week there were smiley faces for the one guy that lucked into a dude who actually needed ribbons when he called up. Didn't require any sales skill. He just happened to run across someone who absolutely needed ribbons desperately, and he was sent ribbons. So he got a smiley face. $900. Lucky bastard. Smiley face. And then other people would get smiley faces. And then somebody got a frowny faces. And I look at the board, and next to my name is a thumbs down. I'm wondering why this guy even bothered doing ribbons. I wonder why this guy even bothered being a ribbon salesman. I'm wondering why this guy even bothered doing this. I mean, he came up with smiley faces and frowny faces and thumbs down. Maybe he could have started an emoji business. Maybe he could have been the person that invented emojis. Maybe he actually did Im invent emojis and he's someplace on a beach who's sitting there with a hundred million dollars going, you know, back in the day I used to do meth and... I got a bunch of people who were very young to sell really bad computer ribbons to idiots. And then I invented emojis and, well, look at me now. I'm on an island. <laughs> Hold on. I have to give the phone call from Richard Branson. Hello, Mr. Branson. You need business advice? I'll be right there with you. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's not what happened to the bastard. And that was one of the worst jobs I had. I had to sit there and look at my name with a thumbs up, well, I'm sorry, with a thumbs down next to it, and the guy sitting on top of that desk that had the badly spelled meeting area sign staring at me like I did something to him. And he walks over and he sits right next to me in a chair. You know, I really want to, you know, I really want to help you out, you know, you know, I got the thumbs down next to your name because, you know, the first week you were here, you actually got some pretty good sales. And, you know, I don't know what you're doing wrong now, but whatever you're doing, it's, it's really driving it down. And I figured, you know, I wasn't trying to embarrass you by putting the thumbs down next to your name or anything like that. Um, but I, I just wanted to try to motivate you to improve your sales. You see, the problem with you is you're too likable. You know, you don't have that killer instinct because, you know, when people don't want to make the sales, you, you have to have a killer instinct like me. That's why I'm the manager. When I call people up and, um, and I think that they're, they're trying to get away from the sale, I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until they just take ribbons, man. And they, they I mean, sometimes they don't even really want the ribbons, but I'm so persistent and so aggressive that I 
you know, that I make them take the ribbons, you know, and I'm just saying you're a really, really likable guy, but, uh, you know, you really need to get your sales up. This is too, this is, this is, this is Tuesday. You know, I really need to see some sales in that boy from you by Friday. Okay. All right. Well, no, not even Friday, by Thursday. I really need to see some sales for you by, by third, by Thursday. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that you really need to get some sales. And then what the bastard was really saying is if you don't have any sales by Thursday, your punk ass is getting fired on Friday. That's what he was wanting to say. And you know what I wanted to say to him? I wanted to say to him, hey, dude, hair bands aren't in anymore. Get a haircut, punk. That's what I wanted to say to that punk ass bastard. <clears throat> Wednesday goes around. I don't get nothing. Not one damn sale. Not because now I'm pressing. I see now that I have two thumbs down next to my picture. Right. But here's the other thing. Nobody else wasn't getting any sales either. So now everyone's got at least one thumbs down next to them. But now I got two thumbs down next to my name and I'm going, oh, crap. I got two thumbs down next to my name. Oh, no, it's Wednesday. I got the Tuesday thumbs down and I got the Wednesday thumbs down. And I was a little upset that he put the Wednesday thumbs down because this is only halfway through the day. How does he know I'm going to go the whole day without getting a sale? That's a little presumptuous of you, you hairband, meth-taking bastard. Whole day of Wednesday goes down. I have no sales. And I'm going, whoa, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's Nostradamus. And Thursday comes around. Oh, no. And I know I better get a sale on Thursday. I better get a sale today. I better get a sale today because this bastard had the thumbs down on my name when I walked in. He didn't even wait halfway through the day to put the thumbs down on there. He put the thumbs down on there right now. And he's holding the pink slip in, in, on his hand in his hand. And it already has Thomas on it. He already had my last name on the pink slip and three thumbs down next to my name. That bastard, that piece of shit bastard. Punk, punk, chump, punk, bastard, punk, chump. And now the pressure's on. Now I'm on the phone and I'm desperately trying to get a sale. Desperately trying to get a sale. And now I'm just thinking I just want to take. He's got a, a replica computer printer right in the office. And I want to smash the crap out of that crap because that's the source of my misery. That bastard. And I'm calling people. And it's like the worst thing in the world because now I'm pressing. Now I'm looking at the clock. And as each minute goes by, I realize I got to get a sale. I got to get a sale. I got to get a sale. I'm going to lose my job. I got to get a sale. I'm going to lose my job. I got to get a sale. I'm going to lose my job. I got to get a sale. I'm going to lose my job. Now, halfway through the day, I don't, not only do I not have any sales, I didn't even have any really productive phone calls. Sometimes you'll do a good sales pitch, but you won't get to sale, but you feel good. You feel like you got your juice. You feel like you got your sales mojo. You feel like you feel like the pitch was so good that you got your pitch back. You got your pitch mojo back and you're going to get a sale. It's only a matter of time with the way I pitched that last one. I didn't get a sale on that last one, but I'm, it's coming. Well, guess what? I did not feel like that. <laughs> not at all. And as the hours and the minutes go by, I realize I'm going to have no job. I only have enough money in the bank where I can pay my rent for like a month and a half, two months tops. So I can't be messing around. I got to get this job. I got to keep this job. I hate this place. And I want to throw that guy out the window and hope he lands on something sharp. But I got to keep this job. Oh, God. And I'm looking at the clock and there's 15 minutes left in the day. And I start hearing people who are horrible salespeople who were probably going to get fired anyway. Being the guy next to me who couldn't sell a water to somebody in the desert, drowning, who was just sitting there with a mouth all dry, begging for water. He couldn't sell water to that bastard. And all of a sudden, I got the sale. And another guy gets a sale. And now all of a sudden, everybody but me has a sale. And that never happened. There's always somebody else, at least one person who got nothing. But now everybody but me as a sale and I'm just I haven't even looked up I can just hear it and I, I didn't want to look up I looked up I looked around and all of a sudden I see the board and what's on the board everybody but me has a sale everybody but me has a smiley face next to their name and I'm the only one and I got three thumbs down and I'm going over there was seven minutes left in the day five minutes left three minutes left two minutes left I make my last phone call and now I 
feel no pressure because I know I'm going to get fired. It's over with. It's done. I call up. Hey, uh, we're just I'm calling to check in with you. Ribbon, ribbon, this ribbon, that I go through the bullshit sales pitch and the person goes, oh, OK, uh, what you got? Do you hear that silence I just did? That's what happened to me. I'm going, what? Uh, we have these ribbons and they, you know, they have a, they're, you guarantee that they're going to last 50 to 75% longer than whatever you're using right now, even if you're using the OEM ribbons. Oh, really? I have 15 printers here, you know, and I've been having a little problem with the printer. I tried to use uh, the, the, uh, the printer that the people around here, but they kept giving me garbage printers. I mean, garbage printer ribbons and, uh. Uh, where, where are you calling from? Uh, calling from California. Oh, okay. I'm in California too. I had, didn't even realize I had dialed another number in California. I said, where are you? And he said me where he said where he was. And I realized I could have the ribbons to him, even though it's almost over today. I could literally have these ribbons to him the next afternoon. And I said, I can have those to you tomorrow afternoon. He goes, oh, that's great. Because I'm not really going to be doing any printing for tomorrow. But the day after tomorrow, I'm going to have to do a lot, big print job with a lot of checks and everything. So you can definitely get those to me. Absolutely. How many do you need? Well, I got 15 printers. This, that, that, that. Uh, you know, just send me about. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I don't need them for all 15 printers. Uh, uh, 36 will do. 36. Yeah. Okay. And I go through the rest of the spiel. And I said, well, it's a net 30, which means you have 30 days to try out the ribbons. And if they don't meet your satisfaction, um, we'll give you a full refund. And uh, we'll we'll actually have, the, there's a return slip there. We'll send you the return slip and you'll, it'll come back on our dime. Man, it's okay. It's no big deal. You know, how bad can ribbons be? You know, I'm just glad, you know, you just called at the right time. No big deal. And if they work out, they'll just keep buying them from you. And I go, da, 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 and I go through all the routine, and I fill out the slip, and I have the slip in my hand, and I don't announce it, and I solidify it, and I verify it, and everything's done. And I put the phone down, and I look down, $625 sale. Done. And this guy needs them badly. So when they when the verifiers call him back to make sure that the, everything was right and that he still wants the ribbons, there's a 100 percent chance he's going to want them because he needs them bad. And I look up at the clock. Day over. Everybody's putting on their coats. Putting their hats on and walking out. And he, this Wayne's world looking hairband bastard is leaning there and now he's got he, he literally had a pink slip and you know, when they say pink slip usually it's just a they just you know he actually had a pink slip and I'm going this piece of shit and he has my name on it and he's looking at me like you piece of shit and he doesn't even look at me. He just kind of, as he's walking away, he, he, he motions to me to follow him with the hand holding the pink slip, not realizing that my sale of 625 is the second biggest sale of the day behind the $900 guy. Everybody else has like $74, $50. And I got it in my hand. And I, you know what? I'm sitting there going, let me hear what this piece of shit says first. So I sit down. <sighs> Well, 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 Mr. Thomas, Mr. Thomas, Mr. Thomas, Mr. Thomas. Didn't have the best sales uh, week this week, did you? No. Yeah, no, you didn't. I don't know what I'm going to do. I like you. You're a good guy, you know. I, I hate to let you go, but uh, I said, oh, oh, before you do that, could you, uh, could you log that? What's this? Whoa. Did you just do this? Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, we don't need to have this talk. He rips the pink slip up balls, you know, balls up the, the, the ripped up pieces and throws it in the trash can. Walks around there, pats me on the sh on the shoulder, walks outside. Says, I want to show you something. Right? He goes into his desk, pulls out one of those smiley faces, walks up, pulls off all three of the, the thumbs down, puts the smiley face on the board. See you tomorrow. I said, yes, you will. <laughs> and no, he didn't. Because when I went home, when I went home, what happened when I went home? There was a message on the answering machine for me.
And what was the message? It was a message that I got a better job because I had already applied for other jobs. And they told me I could start Monday. So I never went back. Ever. They had to mail me that punk ass check. And now he's calling me on the phone to get me to come back. And I did not go back because he was a douchebag. Okay, I'm sorry. I did go back one time. I was going back. I was going someplace in the area. And I saw him outside the office. And I waved to him. And he goes, hey, you're coming back? And I said, sure I am. Sure I am. <laughs> then I got into the running position, ran at him in a high rate of speed, jumped into the end until I was horizontal, bounced my feet across his chest, a.k.a. known as I drop kicked the bastard. <laughs> I did not do that. But that's why I don't want mail at my house. I hate computer printers even right now. If I see a computer printer, I just want to walk up with a baseball bat and smash it. So if my neighbor is listening, because I never actually told you why I don't get mail at my house. That's why, damn it. That's why. I don't even get the receipt at the ATM because that's got a printer in there. Right. I knew a guy named Frank Printer. I walked up and slapped the shit out of him because his name was Printer. <laughs> that also did not happen. <laughs> but to my neighbor who wants to know why I don't have any mail coming to my house, that's why, damn it. I know that sounds weird, but so what? You know what you signed up for listening to my dumb ass for the past three and a half years, you bastards. Segment over. Well, folks, this has been episode number 261 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. I am S. Anthony Thomas, and I want to thank you very, very much for listening to me. I really, really appreciate it. You guys are really, really the greatest, and, and I appreciate your love and support, and I appreciate everything that you do for me. Much love to everybody. Thank you very, very much. This podcast is available damn near everywhere. Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, iHeartRadio, the Podcast Revolution Network. Uh, the home base is santhonysays.podbean.com. And uh, the social media for me, my friends, the social media for the show, for Twitter, for me specifically, is at santhonythomas. For this show, this podcast is at santhonysays. On Instagram, I am santhonythomas. And to send emails for questions, comments, or show suggestions, please send your email to talk to S. Anthony at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-T-O. My name is Anthony. S-A-N-T. Well, you're not a spell as Anthony. Talk to S. Anthony at gmail.com. Much love to every last one of my beautiful, wonderful sass bastards all over the world. Much love to you. Thank you for everything. And I want to thank you very much for allowing me to in your earphones, which let me go into your head and into your heart. Thank you very much. It doesn't matter to me, to me where you listen. I don't care where you listen. On a lawnmower, treadmill, doesn't matter to me. Thank you very much. And now, folks, I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye. And I want you to say goodbye with me the way I say goodbye. And if you've been listening to me for a long period of time, you know how I say goodbye. And I'm going to say it on the count of three. And I want you to say it with me. Are you ready? Of course you are. On the count of three. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out.